My name is Saul Wordsworth, and this is the TTI Podcast. Paul Wordsworth, Editor-at-Large of Traffic Technology International, the world's leading publication for traffic management, intelligent transportation systems and tolling. Welcome to the TTI podcast. Each episode, we will interview a major player in the industry, covering a wide range of subjects, from incident detection and enforcement to congestion reduction and mobility as a service. Thanks for tuning in. In a few short weeks, COVID-19 has changed everything. Packed highways have been reduced to haunted stretches of tarmac. Traffic numbers are way down, but speeding is up. Here in the UK, one driver was clocked doing 134 miles per hour in a 40 zone. Yet as lockdown stretches on, numbers suggest that more people are creeping back into their cars and onto our roads for what might be termed non-essential journeys. Who knows what the future holds? Our main interview today is with James J. Eden, Executive Director of the North Carolina Turnpike Authority. JJ was a co-founder of the EZ Pass network in the late 80s, has helped shape the tolling and mobile payment sector ever since, and is a titan in the industry. He'll discuss the impact of COVID-19 and what this might mean going forward. But first... This week, I had the pleasure of discussing the traffic news with Tom Stone, editor of Traffic Technology International, from his luxury home on England's south coast. Tom is an expert in the field and a free thinker, so I hope you enjoy the following discussion as much as I did. So, Thomas Stone, thank you very much for appearing on the first ever episode of uh, the TTI podcast. Oh, well, thank you, Saul. And uh, thank you for, uh, you know, helping me to put this together. It's, uh, it's brilliant that, uh, you know, you, you have a huge experience of the, uh, of the sector because I think you've been writing for Traffic Technology International magazine longer than I've been editing it. Wow. So. Good Lord. Well, you are the editor, so I just do what you say, Tom. <laughs> Is there anything that's uh, caught your eye particularly in the last couple of weeks uh, with regards to traffic news, Thomas? Yeah, well, of course, it's, it's this, uh, the, the, the COVID-19 world is, is changing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, traffic, of course, is, is no exception. I suppose what has caught my eye um, and is giving me cause to, to be optimistic is that... Um, construction is going ahead really you know there are there's there are construction projects still underway um highways england have uh, put out a number of press releases about how they are continuing uh with all their projects on the on the um strategic road network around the uk and um and also there were companies in the us such as uh, uh q3 
who were rolling out new technology um, in a, with a, uh, um, a new contract in, uh, in Colorado, but making use of perhaps more use than normal of some of their remote setup um, abilities. So they, you know, they're, they're able to roll out this technology with uh, social distancing in mind. Right. Well, perhaps even more important than that, they've repainted the Abbey Road crossing. It's the first time since, I think, when, when was Abbey Road out? 1970? It's probably the first time since 1970 they've had a chance to repaint it without Beatles fans crossing it constantly. Is it also true to say that actually some highways construction projects can actually press ahead more now because there's less traffic on the road? I think, yeah, well, Highways England is certainly looking to bring forward a lot of their projects because there is, there's so, so little on the, new, on, mm. on the roads. Yeah. Uh, and I, um, yeah, I myself was, uh, had to pop up to the office up in Dartford, which means going up the A23, M23, where they were doing uh, a lot of uh, construction up there. And, uh, yeah, it was all completed. This was a wow. few weeks ago. And that yeah. was all completed well ahead of schedule. They'd obviously got on very quickly uh, as the as the traffic uh, stopped, you know, all their smart motorway installation up there looked ready to go. They still had the speed limits in place though. Did they? Oh, but you, you obviously obeyed those. I know that you went up to the office, Tom, for two reasons. One, you told me, and two, you mentioned it in your uh, interview with JJ Eden, which follows straight after our conversation. Oh, there we go. Okay. Well, you, uh, yes. Uh, I think you said um, you broke the speed great. limit. <laughs> you kept that in, did you? Uh, no, I'll, I'll take it out. Don't worry. I'll take it out, Tom. I'll take it out. Thanks, all. I know I can count on yeah, you. Yeah, you can. There are no enforcement officers listening. The next big thing that I was, uh, that certainly jumped out in the last couple of weeks um, has been data. This sort of uh -huh. feeds into the, the empty roads thing. And yeah. data and modelling, I mean, it, it's a very advanced uh, systems in place, a very uh, mature area of uh, ITS and traffic technology and traffic management and now all of a sudden all these uh, great applications and uh, uh, pieces of software are being used for something very very different not not trying to uh, reduce congestion or work out you know how we can have less congested streets but actually to to monitor the empty streets and to, yeah, yeah. to, to, to monitor the falls in uh, in traffic and, uh, and a lot of these uh, companies, um, just to mention a couple, there's Aimsum, who uh, have launched a uh, free um, mobility uh, viewer for, uh, to, for, for home workers, mm -hmm. and um, Streetlight Data, they've got a vehicle miles traveled monitor that's available yep. free. Um, you know, doing their bit to a lot of these companies, I'm sure there's many others, um, you know, yeah. getting their, their software out there for people to use um, so that they can really, you know, see the effects on our roadways. Yeah. And a lot of this, I mean, um, ties into, particularly in the USA, ties into um, trying to predict revenues. I mean, I yeah, think yeah. that's a key thing because uh, the, in, in the US in particular, a lot of the funding is very, very reliant on the, uh, on the gas tax. And uh, as soon as vehicle miles travel drop, of course, gas tax drops and, uh, and the funds available in the future, they, we need to, you know, planning needs to happen around that. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a good argument perhaps for, you know, 
federal in intervention. I know all governments are looking to, uh, you know, keep things going and transport might be one of the, one of the areas where, where some investment might be needed to, to, to offset that, that oh. temporary drop in, in, in the taxes. Well, I've got two, two observations. The first is a question. Is data the same as data? For our American listeners, just just to clarify that. Yeah, yes, it, yes, it is. Weirdly, like in Star Trek: The Next Generation, there was a character called Data. He was never called Data. So uh, you, you lost me at Star Trek, let alone yeah. the Next Generation. There, I'm afraid. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it comes from, um, you know, uh, um, it depends where you is, come from in the US, perhaps. Is that your is that your glamorous wife? Yes, <laughs> pop, popping in. She's popped him with a cup of coffee. Oh, this there is she is. One of the great benefits. Hello. Oh, do, no. do, we keep, do we keep that bit in or not? What do you think? We might have to take that out. Yeah? I okay. Know. I'll definitely take it out, Tom. I'll definitely take it out. I read a very interesting piece about the launching of a, a safe bus system for key workers where all the drivers have PPE and there's hand sanitizer within the bus. Um, while social distancing is enforced using smart booking technology that numbers, sorry, that monitors the number of passengers on board and uh, the passengers book their place on a trip via mobile app. Could this be the future of travel? Well, yeah, it's a very good point. That was uh, certainly uh, um, another area that, uh, that, that jumped out as me, uh, me. There's a few um, that I spotted in the, uh, in, in the last few weeks. All doing very similar things. Yeah. Uh, Zelo, uh, Viavan, Moveit. They're all using these smart ride sharing apps that have been developed in the last few years. Yeah. Um, provide these uh, services for key workers at the moment, mainly focused at key workers who are the ones that obviously do have to get into work. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, you know, using these smart apps, they can guarantee. Uh, there's only going to be a certain number of people in this ride-sharing vehicle. Therefore, yeah. there will be sufficient social distancing, so no one has to worry that they're going to have to, you know, sit right next to someone when that is not advised. Perhaps this is the future, of, or at least the immediate future of transportation, as countries try to get not just key workers back to work. You'll have to book your ride on the train or the underground or the bus in advance to guarantee social distancing and also maybe, you know, user safety will become paramount. More cleaner surfaces, better air filters, less dense seating, that sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, there was a good blog I read um, just the other day from uh, Sampo Heitinen. He, uh, uh, and he, yeah, he was, he was, optimistic about mobility as a service for you know that very reason and not only will you know there be opportunities to or, or the ability to you know keep social distancing um, happening you know through these smart booking systems which you know thank goodness we have them mm -hmm. as as more and more workers start to go back back to work but also, you know, with mobility as a service, you're not limited to your one option. You know, with mobility as a service, you can look at all the different, all the different um, options out there and pick the one that's going to be not only, you know, you're not now, as you say, you're not only considering cost and time 
as your your probably your primary um, parameter is going to be social distancing. Well, um, so these uh, yeah, it could really be as we come out of lockdown, it could be a, a very important time for for the mobility as a service providers. Well, I think as we know, a crisis is an opportunity. Necessity is the mother of invention. Um, I've got other cliches if you want, but they're all true. Um, and I think that, that there could be a shift in the paradigm in the coming months and indeed years. I think, I think you're exactly right. And it's, an exciting, it's an exciting time to, uh, to, to be in this industry. It's always been an exciting industry, you know, since I've been doing it the last six years, but it's, yeah. it's more exciting than ever now. What happens next? Who knows? But there's a lot of potential out there. Tom Stone, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm sure we'll speak again soon. Stay safe. Absolutely, you too, Saul. Now it's time for the main event. So relax, pour yourself a drink, only a small one, mind, and settle into Tom's interview with JJ Eden, Executive Director of the North Carolina Turnpike Authority. Thank you for, for joining us, JJ, on the, uh, the first, in, uh, first uh, Traffic Technology International podcast. Uh, oh, no problem. This strange new world we find ourselves in. We've got a strange place where we're working from home, you're working from home. Um, but I can see you and have a chat with you face to face, which we've never done before. That's true. <laughs> Despite the fact that you've been writing a column for the uh, magazine longer than I've been editing it. <laughs> around a long time I guess but uh and, and seen a lot of transitions uh, you know in the industry in the world and uh you know this isn't the first crisis we had and I think we'll come through it it just may take a little bit. In this strange new world we are in with COVID-19 um, oh, construction you you mentioned was perhaps there's some some benefits there. Well, I know in North Carolina, on the design side, we did the first ever, at least in the history of North Carolina, uh, fully electronic uh, submittal process. So from submittal to approval, it was all electronic. Nobody had to touch any paper. Nobody needed to be with each other. We did all the meetings virtually on the questions. So um, it actually improved the process a little bit. Okay. Why was that an improvement? I don't know. I don't know if it was, you know, the difference of people working at home and, you know, less distracting than in an office, but it just seemed to be improving. And not printing and moving paper, I think, helped too. You know, it was all electronic again. So, you know, and then if you finished your review and had to go to somebody else, you just send it to them and, and it just uh, went very well. And what was the specific project? Can you talk about that? Yeah, it's uh, 540 complete. So it's a little 2.2 billion US. Uh, dollars to uh, complete the outer loop around Raleigh. And when's that going to get underway? Well, it's uh, actually under construction. Uh, we're doing, it's a design build type project. So uh, they're designing, you know, as, as we go here, uh, the right of way is mostly all procured. Um, so hopefully in three years, we'll see it open. Brilliant. We broke it. We broke it. It's about a 20 mile project. So we broke it down into three different sections, three different contractors. And that all counts as a, that counts as a new part of the turnpike as a whole, does it? That's correct. So it's, it's uh, um, in addition to the Triangle Expressway, uh, which was our first road that we ever opened, uh, I guess about oh, 12 years now ago. And uh, so 
we'll connect to that and run all the way around, basically connecting Interstate 40 to Interstate 40. And they, they're, they're, they're getting able to get on with their work faster now there's, there's less traffic? Yeah, uh, the uh, actual construction is the same way. Um, luckily, they haven't been too impacted by the virus. It's, I guess the, it's, it's a natural uh, social distancing when you're sitting on a bulldozer or something, right? We're, <laughs> we're in that phase of work where there's, you know, clearing and uh, uh, getting the, the uh, ground ready for the, uh, for the project. And that's a, a brand new, a brand new uh, piece of roadway, so it wouldn't have any traffic on it anyway. But but yeah, you, right, it's all dirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no worries there. Have you got any repair work that you maybe been holding off that you can get out there now? The traffic has has, has reduced. Yeah, we're doing some work on our original gantries uh, and that. So um, so yeah, and that's a lot easier too. Again, traffic's way down. Uh, although people are driving seem to be driving faster now that there's no traffic. Have the cops been out there with the speed cameras? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Well, I did have to go into the office myself, actually. Uh, yeah, uh, not last week, week before. And um, I did see a, a mobile enforcement van. I was a shade over the limit, but fingers <laughs> crossed I'll be okay. I think they normally give you a little bit of a buffer. <laughs> a little, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, our, on the negative side, our traffic is down. Uh, probably about 60%. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, we have roads in different parts of the state, and in Raleigh, it, it's down about 60, and I guess in uh, the Charlotte area, we're down about uh, 40%, uh, 35, 40%. Yeah. So different demographics, I think, so uh, of the road. Uh, uh, Monroe has more commercial traffic, which is the Charlotte Road, and uh, that seems to be holding its own. And in talking to other agencies around the U.S., uh, commercial traffic is actually helping to save some of the, the toll agencies on the revenue side. Um, because if it's down, it's down only a couple percentage points. It's, it's actually holding pretty well. And that's my glimmer of hope because, you know, I've been doing tollings for oh, almost 50 years. And, and we always watch the commercial traffic as a leading economic indicator that you know, if you're moving goods, then the economy is going to come back. The only thing I'm thinking in my head that may be different this time is it's so strong because people are hoarding, <laughs> you know, in the grocery stores and it's actually driven up the sale of toilet paper. Uh, <laughs> or, or is it a leading indicator like it normally is? Interesting. I was going to ask uh, about the, uh, the, the revenues because with you know, with the roads so empty, and uh, is that a concern with for as a as a toll road operator? But you say that that actually the commercial traffic's really that's that's the biggest part of your revenue, is it? Yeah, not ours. Uh, most other ones. So uh, the Triangle Expressway is mostly commuter traffic. Uh, so it's a little bit of concern. We have a lot of reserves. Well, I won't say a lot of reserves. We have enough reserves to cover for a pretty extended period of time. So I think we're we're fine. Um, and Monroe is where the, which is in Charlotte, is the commercial road. And that, that's doing, you know, better, about 10% better. So, um, and we have reserves on that also. So we're good. We're continuing on all our projects. We're replacing the, uh, our back office system, our operator, and one of the lane systems. We're rebidding a lane system uh, probably next month. So we have, everything's going forward. The construction projects, I mentioned, uh, uh, 540 we have another uh, 
managed lane projects we're building in uh, just uh, south of Charlotte on, on Route 45. So we're keeping everything going. So, so far, um, you know, it's, uh, it's been pretty productive, actually. So. Are you concerned for maybe some of your colleagues around uh, around the U.S.? Maybe there's uh, certain toll roads you can think of that rely really only on commuter traffic. Is that is that going to be a concern? Should there be ways to help them out? I, I think it is a concern for some. Um, <clears throat> now every agency is different. I mean, I've seen some uh, publications uh, saying that the Golden Gate Bridge, for instance, since it was losing about three million a day or something, so. Um, you know, so I think it's, which is obviously a more of a commuter uh, bridge in this case, but uh, uh, I think we'll all come back. I know um, IBTTA is working with uh, our, our Congress to try to get something. I know most of us are working with our states. Um, the other thing, as far as the toll industry, I'm, we're not alone. Uh, I'm also part of DOT here, Department of Transportation, and they've seen major revenue cuts too, because most of their revenue comes from the gas tax. And the combination of the traffic being down and gas prices being down, since it's a, a piece of that, uh, has taken a really big hit on a lot of DOTs across the country. So surface transportation in general, I think, is, is taking a hit. Um, now, our Congress, in, in their great wisdom, they gave uh, a pretty big chunk of uh, money to uh, transit, uh, but they haven't uh, done anything with surface transportation yet. So we're, you know, we're hoping that in the next whatever uh, build that, uh, that there's some kind of uh, consideration for the surface transportation side. Um, kind of a, a mix personally, because I'm thinking on one hand, we're going to spend trillions of dollars and where is it coming from? And on the other hand, how, how is everybody going to survive? It's a, it's a real tough mix from business to you know, individuals. So it's a, it's a, it's a tough mix. Traffic will come back um, and across the country, across the world. That just, you know, we're just not sure how long that ramp up will take, mm -hmm. and then what the social impacts will be. On one hand, you can say, you know, people want to get into transit, and it will drive people more into their cars because of the people now are afraid of the social uh, interaction. Uh, getting into a bus or a, a train. Um, on the other hand, you know, uh, how will the autonomous vehicle uh, go? You know, Tesla was looking at, uh, they don't, if you buy a, if you lease a Model 3 currently, at the end of the lease, you can't buy it. They were going to turn it into a robo-taxi, at least in the big cities. Yeah. And yeah. Can, now, uh, would you want to get into a car that you don't know who was in it before you? You know, so what kind of social impact we're going to have is going to this whole thing going to have on that? It is uh, you know the working from home going to be more of a a norm? And if it is, you know, then what kind of impact is that going to have on traffic? Even if it's a couple of days a week, you know, it, it's going to have an impact. Um, you know, so and and then all of that, what will have the economic impact? So if people are buying less gas, then there's the economic impact on DOTs. If they're not using the traffic's not as bad, will they use our roads as much? Uh, so it's it's uh, I think it's going to be an interesting economic and social uh, you know future that we're just going to have to weather, see what happens.
Mm. On the one sense, we do want the economy to to come back and grow and you know be very strong and uh, and and everyone to be comfortable and provided for. Uh, but in the other sense, we've got the the environmental concerns about traffic and emissions and transportation. So we have perhaps in now in those terms, you know, a, a bit of a a bit of a golden opportunity to, to uh, start something new, perhaps. Yeah, and if you look at the, like this, the uh, the pictures from space right now, as the of over San Francisco, of over some of the big the canals and stuff like that, you know, it's all cleaning up. Um, you know, the pollution from cars is 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 uh, everything's cleaning up there, and the, you know, even the uh, waterways are cleaning up from lack of use, I guess, from our environment stuff. So. You know, all this is happening at the same time where there's a big technological shift to robotics and automation, too. And, you know, uh, I was always kind of concerned about, you know, what that means and how do we make that transition? Uh, look, if you look in the tolling business, there's been some big transitions in the last 15, 20 years. You know, we went from cash where uh, I always give the story about my, my dad on Sunday used to always take us for a ride. Uh, out on the Pennsylvania Turnpike and talk to the toll collector and and uh, go to Howard Johnson's for ice cream and come back. And now we, you know, we don't want to, the public in general doesn't want to do that. They just want to, you know, go and get back uh, to what, what they're doing. Um, so we went from the cash lanes there to electronic toll collection and then all electronic toll collection. And maybe that was good because now people don't want to handle paper money either. But, um, uh, you know, so each one of them was a major transition in the business model for tolling. You know, going to electronic changed the model and going to all electronic really changed the model because of, you know, uh, leakage and, and things like that you had to consider in your designs. You know, so now we're going to more of a fully automated, coupling the, the uh, improvements in the automated uh, lane systems going to, you know, as a service in the, in the back office, such as cloud technology. Um, you know, there's at least three agencies, uh, four agencies with us going uh, cloud in the U.S. And then what kind of interaction, what happens to the industry as part of that? I know we're looking at within the next year opening up so we could be part of a mobile payment system. So whether it's, you know, uh, you know, Paytoll or BestPass or Apple or Google Wallet, uh, something built into the vehicle. You know, uh, people can pay, pick their own kind of provider, and then uh, they can get gas or parking, or fast food, and tolls all in one. So uh, we're transitioning to that kind of as a service, um, you know, using some of the, the common cloud technologies and CRM products and things like that in the street. Um, and then that's allowing us to move potentially into a statewide transportation account that will be linked into there too. And it, it provides, you know, I've been a big interoperability advocate in the country for a long time. Um, I think it allows you to move into that next step where you have a full mobile payment system uh, going forward. Um, or I, I know I've talked to some of the big car manufacturers and, you know, uh, some people have an inroad with, with uh, Sirius and with uh, Apple and Google, they're already in the car. Uh, but you know, when we were working with originally with ATI, uh, two banks did estimates, and it's a 
in the U.S., it's a $50 billion a year business. So I'm sure somebody is going to look at seriously at mobile payment in the next few years. So that automation, the point is that automation, you know, uh, I think the toll industry is again ahead at, at that, but it's going to be another major business transformation. So um, again, I think, you know, toll industry has kind of led, in my opinion, transportation innovation, and uh, we're doing it again. And, um, um, you know, there's going to be some reluctance as we move forward, and there's going to be some, some pain moving into any technology. Uh, but I think in the long run, it will reduce our cost and potentially increase our traffic. Um, you know, some of the advantages is it will, will let you do cross-marketing. So, if you know, you uh, uh, buy three burgers at your favorite burger place and uh, uh, you get a free ride on the toll road or whatever. Or, or the other way around. And, um, you know, so I, I think that uh, all this happening at the same time, it's, it's like playing three-dimensional chess. Uh, I don't know if you ever tried that. But, um, you know, there's so many different variables and factors. You have the, the social economic impacts of the virus. You have the uh, transformational impact of the technology changes, you know, all going forward at the same time. So it, I think it's going to be an interesting a uh, few years. It's it's gonna. I think it's gonna play out over a few years. Um, I think we have to be resilient. <laughs> I guess is the word uh, as we go forward and and just try to be innovative in solving some of these problems and and trying to keep the industry moving forward. You've got a great overview of all these things. It's it's fantastic to uh, to to have some time to tap into that knowledge knowledge with you. And uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. All right, thank you. And uh, see you again soon, hopefully. Take care. That was JJ Eden there, talking about an uncertain but potentially exciting traffic future. Join me again soon for another episode of the TTI podcast. In the meantime, stay safe, stay indoors, and stay in touch with us on Twitter at TrafficTechMag, online at TrafficTechnologyToday.com, and of course, via this podcast. That's it from me. Until next time. The TTI podcast is a Mark Allen Group production. Please like and subscribe. If you are interested in appearing on the podcast, reach us via our website, trafficteknologytoday.com or email traffic at markallengroup.com.